I work so hard. My team, my team is amazing. They really are so hard to build this business. And we, we want it to be like, we're done. We've built it. It's here. I recently realized that that's not ever a thing because every single day is an adjustment The people yeah. change, the society changes, technology changes. And it's like the minute that you accept that you're never actually done and you actually enjoy the journey and realize that you are choosing to play a part in an opportunity to build a community and to build an organization that can impact people and change the trajectory of their lives. Like that mental switch was everything for me. Welcome to Grid Talk, a podcast about real estate entrepreneurs, visionaries, and the stories behind the legacies they're creating. I'm your host, Rob Chavez, and on today's show, I have Shelby Osborne, who's using her military background to help her scale her real estate businesses. My mind is blown by how quickly she's been able to scale both her agent business and her investment portfolio at the same time. So listen up, because I know you're going to learn a lot from this interview. What's up, Grid? Guess what? Today, I've got a special guest. I'm so excited to really unpack her story. Selby Osborne, we're going to be talking about your business, how you built it. I see you have a background, like a military background. My dad was in the Foreign Service, served in the military, so I always love featuring people that have military backgrounds. And uh, and it sounds like you know, you're running multiple teams now, have multiple assets. So welcome, Shelby. Thank you so much for joining Grid Talk. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So we were just talking. You're in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina right yes. now, right? Yes. Um, tell me a little bit about what your business looks like today, and then we're going to go back in time, okay? So tell me okay. a little bit about what your business looks like today. Okay, cool. So I own uh, Five Pillars Realty Group, which is a firm, and we are under EXP. So we do, I don't know, I'm sure you know EXP. I sure yeah, so <laughs> I have um, an office in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and that's where I kind of started and laid all the groundwork for my business. And I also recently expanded to Charlotte, North Carolina back in October of 2020. And so we have firms operating out of both of those locations. And then I also own um, an investment portfolio that consists of 74 doors and a consulting company that helps agents learn how to work with investors and helps agents build their own team. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Awesome. We've got a lot to talk about then. <laughs> Amazing. Two kindred souls, right? So how did you end up? Uh, it's if well, from just looking at the, your bio in the background, it sounded like you started on the investment side first, and then you moved into the agent side? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. investor minded first and always it was you know, I was in the military for six years. And after experiencing that for a little bit, I was like, wow, what can I do that I can put the month, the time in up front and that will pay me, you know, for the rest of my life. That's the dream. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the investment side really spoke to me. And then as I was getting out of the army, I was like, what better way for me personally to build my active income than is an uh, industry that's completely nested with what I want to do on the investment side of the house. So it seems like a great way for me to build my active income to immediately fuel my passive. So, uh, and when was that? What year was that? When did you start building the, the agent team? Um, the team I started in 2019. So like yeah. January 1st, 2019 was the team, but as an individual agent, I got out of the army at the end of January, 2018. So 2018 was my first year and I was an individual agent. I was Keller Williams rookie of the year for the Carolinas region. 
So okay. North and South Carolina. In that okay. Year. So so the, this is a recent. <laughs> You're journey. like slow down. Slow yeah, down. no, no. The activism piece is a is a recent journey. So before that, then you were obviously investing while you were in the military. Is that right? Uh, Barely. So I got into the military in 2012. That's when I graduated college and I did ROTC in school. So commissioned as a second lieutenant. And when I went to my first duty station, which was in the beginning of 2013, I was renting and then decided to ask my landlord if I could buy using my VA loan. So it was not an investment per se in my mind. It was just like, I don't want to pay this other dude's mortgage. I'd rather pay my own. So it wasn't until I moved PCS. Um, to Fayetteville, North Carolina, Fort Bragg, that I started paying attention to the numbers on that first property and realized like I got bit by the bug. A lot of things happened at once. And that's when in November of 2017 is when I closed on my first intentional investment property. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of growth in just a short amount of time, right? So 2017. So how, okay. So my question now is (laughs) how do you get 74 doors from 2017 to now? Let's let's walk down that journey. Yeah. Um, so I'm really fortunate. I have amazing people in my world. But uh, OK, so November of 2017, I bought a duplex. I bought it conventionally and put 25 percent down because I didn't really know any better at the time for the strategies that I was interested in. And after I did that, I was like, wow, I can't do that a lot because I'd need a ton of money. <laughs> and so I used my VA loan again on a quadplex. And at that time, I realized that, hey, if you have primary residence loan can get you up to four doors, might as well put 0% down and get four. So that was my, I had my one in Washington at that time, then a duplex, it's two more doors, and then the quad, which was four. And at that time, I was getting out of the military and and banks were like, we're not going to give you money. You don't, you're commission-based, you're a real estate agent. Uh, We don't know if you're going to be able to pay us back. And so then I, I went into private money and started doing the birth strategy. So I used private money to uh, recycle funds. Mm-hmm. And that that year, by the end of the year, I had 16 doors. So. Okay. Okay. And then, yeah, so single family uh, duplexes, a 16 unit apartment complex. Like I did whatever I could get my hands on. Good. And this was all in um, Fayetteville? 2018. Yes. 2018 yes. Fayetteville. Okay, mm-hmm. Fayetteville. Um, why did you move to Charlotte? Because Charlotte's awesome. <laughs> so it's it's completely okay. So Fort Bragg in Fayetteville, North Carolina, is like any military town. It's great in a lot of ways, but it's almost 100% military. It's focused around the military, and it's doesn't have the culture and the growth and yeah, the yeah. all the fun things. So literally, it was basically a personal move, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> and then I was like, hey, I, 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 I see. The, I see it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I would. I I'd want to move somewhere else. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was 29. I just turned 30 and I'm like, I don't want to be in Fayetteville forever. So it's awesome. <laughs> okay. So, so by the end of 2018, I think you said you had 17 doors, right? 16. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So how did you then get the 74 doors? Right. How many, and how many assets is that? And I would imagine they're in partnership with people. There are partnerships okay. in that. So within that, I knew you'd ask. So that's 21 separate purchases and multifamilies within that to to hype up. Um, And I have my largest is a nine unit. And then I have a bunch of quads, triplexes, duplexes. And yes, there are partnerships involved. So some are 100% me. Lots are myself and one other, myself and two others. 
however I had to do to, to make the, the purchase work. Good and a lot you. of them are, yeah, burr deals or, yeah, a lot of burrs. We do a lot okay. of. So then, so what I anticipate, what do you, what you did is probably something that I discovered, right? It's like, hey, uh, my my epiphany was in 2008. Nobody's giving a recently self-employed guy during the worst financial crisis, and Lehman Brothers just fired, filed Chapter 11 any cash, right? Right. So I found other people that had money. One other person actually that had a lot of money, mm-hmm. and I st- I found the assets and the opportunities. And then he would fund all of them and we would burr them, right? Before burr was coined a term, which yeah. by the way, they were brilliant for coining it a term. Totally. Um, <laughs> totally brilliant, brilliant marketing. But we, you know, that's that, that was the only way to do it, right? We would get commercial loans because that's all that we could get at the time, like these exactly. commercial loans. And, and then we would refinance out of those loans and then we would, we would do it again. So okay. I suspect you guys, you did the same. You found some partners. Were people bringing you the deals? and do it or were you bringing the deals and they were supplying the cash what was the relationship there or is it a combination of all of it so all my private lenders they're they're not they have no equity which is lovely okay um my partners so i'm looking at my list i have my list sure. up over here of all the deals and some actually i found very few of these that's what i was saying when, <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a couple that i found but most of them I have really good, I have two, especially two really my favorite partners. And one of them, he comes up with deals all over the place. So he is the one who's working with wholesalers, going to all the meetups, talking to anyone with deals. And um, also we run a courthouse foreclosure, like MLS, essentially, where, yeah. yeah, So the courthouse foreclosure process is completely archaic in Fayetteville and in Charlotte. We're doing the same thing here now. And so it's like a pain in the ass to go over there and you know, check every day, pull the file. The file doesn't even have the address on it. You have to flip through all these different forms. And then um, it's just a pain in the ass. So because we have interns now, we've systemized the process and we've leveraged it out to interns. Mm -hmm. So they'll update it for us. And um, from there, we're able to have an off-market. It's essentially an MLS now just for ourselves and our clients. What a great idea. That's a great idea. Okay, so... You decided, hey, I, I understand how to buy assets. I understand how to burr out of these assets. I, I, I'm all about creating financial freedom in mm-hmm. my life. Where did that come from? Help me understand, like, where did that, like, I find that, that there's a deep-seated something that creates totally. that. Right. And <laughs> the army created it, to be honest. Okay. I've thought about that a lot recently, and I'm so grateful to the army because it opened my eyes to exactly what I don't want to be in forever. And granted, I don't regret my time. So I spent six years in the army and I don't regret any of it because it taught me so much. I made so many connections. Most of the systems and like processes of how I built my company were based on the foundation of the military. So amazing. However, with all of that good comes a lot of frustrations and the military is, you know, we've always done it this way, shut up in color, you know, don't ask questions, don't change things. And it also is a system that is, you're promoted and your your income changes based on time spent as opposed to competence. And that just drives me absolutely insane. So I was like, I can just go and create my own world. Why would I wait another 15 years to get, you know, retirement from? No, I'll retire in three. I'm good. So awesome. thank you. Thank you, Army, for that. 
yeah, it gave, it gave you right. So the, the motivation, the push, mm-hmm. like all, all the rest. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, let's talk a little, let's dig into a little of, of those systems, right? So sure. give me some different things that you've systemized, right? That you feel would be valuable for other people to consider systemizing as they build their investment business, as they build their agent team, right? Cause you and I play in a very similar space. And so I, I, want, I want other people to learn through your journey, right? What would you recommend people systemize that you've done? I've systemized everything. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I go into things with the mindset of I'm only going to do it once. And so as I go through the process, I document, you know, what I've done throughout that process. So that way I can give it on to the next person. And with that, I tell the next person, hey, this is a baseline. As you learn, you plug stuff into the system. That's like your job to continue to grow each system. So for instance, like Mm -hmm. as an agent, I never sent, I never drafted the same email twice. I would draft the email once and then save it as a template, save it as a canned email, change out the name. It's the same shit over and over again. Like questions to the attorney, questions to listing agents, questions to sellers. It doesn't matter. It's all the same thing. So all it is is you think through once, save it as a template, and then just keep repeating the process. Um, And then same with checklists, like checklists for, I used to manage my own properties before I Mm -hmm. got to the point where I leverage that out, but it's, it's the same thing. So it's like the checklist for screening tenants and how to self-manage properties and how to list your home in order to get it for rent to like every single, and it's really helpful now because it's such a huge save of time. Like, because people reach out all the time. They're like, Hey, I don't know how to do this. Hey, I don't know how to do this. It's super easy. You just upload and then you hit send or you copy one of your templates and you hit send. So they're like, Oh, you're so nice. Thank you for your time. I'm like, it took 12 seconds, but you're welcome. Yeah. You just, (laughs) Okay, perfect. Have you ever taken the disc? Are you familiar with it? Oh, yeah, okay. disc in Myers Briggs. We use that for screening um, our, sure. our agents and our team as well. So, what are you on the disc? Do you know? I'm a D trailed by an I, but I have a high observed C. So, when I think people uh, are watching, I'm like, fuck it. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's the military coming out of sh- sh- compliant, right? Totally. Hey, this is right. Right. Yes. But the D in me is like, I'd rather it like the rules are there as a guideline, you know, like it's the message behind it, but not actually what you need to do. For sure. Right. You're you're okay coloring outside the lines is what I'm doing. Okay. cool. Cool. Okay. So what is your agent team look like now? Right. Are you only working with investors? Are you working with investors and retail? Like, help me understand what your model, your business model looks like. Um, okay. So we have agents who do both. We have investor specialist agents, and then we have like resale residential agents. And ideally, honestly, our best favorite clients are the regular people sure. <laughs> because the commissions are way higher. It's, you know, not as much running around and analysis and all of that stuff. But because it is such a niche, because there are so few agents who understand how to speak the language, how to run numbers, what investors are looking for in the mindset, we definitely have a locked on niche built for investors. So I would say our, our we probably close 60, 40 investors to normal people. Got it. Got it. And what is it? And I know that this is it's a new team for you. So how many transactions are you guys closing and what's the goal for 2020? Uh, one, right? What'd you guys yeah. do over the last? I mean, you really built, you started your team and then COVID hit, right? Last year and then 
And well, also, 2019 was a regular year before. Yeah, 2019. COVID. So you were full all year was 2019 as a team? Yeah, 2019 was our first year as a team. Then last year was our second. And this is going into our third. Okay. Um, so I know last year we closed 230. Um, Phenomenal. <laughs> Phenomenal. Great job. Yeah, great job. How many, how many agents? Um, so last year we did it primarily, but we had people come and go, you know how it is. Sure. Every, everyone wants to be an agent and then they find out what being an agent is like, and they're like, whoa, terrible. Um, so last year we, well, 2019, we essentially had three. We had a lot of people come and go and ended up with the three that started the whole thing. Um, and then let me pull up my, it's funny. I call it an MTO, which is an army word. That's. Last year, we had a couple more big, bigger hitters. And then this year we have, so we have 12 agents in Fayetteville and in Charlotte, we have 14. Charlotte's growing so fast. It's ridiculous. But that's the thing too, is like you get the newbies. So I even told them this in the beginning. I'm like, I see all you guys sitting here. I'll be surprised, you know, one third of you maybe by the end of the year. <laughs> and that's okay. Like, it's just, it is what it is. And I used to get so invested and like, so, but now I'm just callous. You, pr you probably know how it is. Well, well I know exactly what you mean. You know, what's interesting is I've over the years, I mean, this is not about me. This is about you, right? But I, over the years realized, I, like I would have, agents stay with me for a long time. And one of the mistakes I made was, and, and, um, is that I wasn't growing fast enough, right? I had created kind of like this, a little elite team and, yeah. uh, and we were just a high performance team. But then what happens is you realize you want to grow. And that means that you have to start adding additional people. And when you add additional people, turn turnover starts occurring faster. Yep. And then I had somebody say to me, big icon in our business listen the build the navy seal team you need a navy right and i started thinking i'm like yeah he's right right you need to be able to pull the best and brightest so we need to hire more people and yeah. we need to see who's going to rise to the top right and then we give them leadership opportunities and growth opportunities but look mm -hmm. shelby that took me a long time to figure out you figured it out a lot faster than i did you know? <laughs> it's, it's so it's so funny you said that because my first year, one of like 2019, one of my main things is I was like, we will not have anyone on this team who's not absolutely stellar. Like I was so crazy that I was like, we're going to make them do like a PT test, like physical. It's the other people were like calming me down. They're like, you need to chill. What do they call the Murph? Like, cause you're in the closet, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's part like, of your interview process. I was, I was a little crazy and it showed, I mean, we, we started with three agents who I, who I loved. And we ended with those three because no one else could cut it. Cause I had this mindset of like, everyone has to be, this is top tier. We don't mess around. Um, and since then it, it has morphed for sure. And now you're absolutely right. We take on more with the, the, the knowledge that not everyone's gonna, not everyone's meant to last in this industry and, and not even top tier. It's just real estate's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. And so, um, a lot of that, has shifted and it has been an, a mental adjustment for me but overall i'm actually happier because in the my first year and even going into the second i just wanted so hard for everyone to be absolutely stellar and they people excel in their own ways and, and i've had to adjust my idea of what stellar is so 
yeah, I'm rambling now, but it's been a lot of growth. You know, you know what, <laughs> what I'm thinking about is, and I don't know if anybody's told you this, and I mean, you could see it. I meet people along the way that just like they're they're not afraid to fail faster, right? And what I see is that you've done you've you've gone out, you've taken action really really fast on the investment side, and now yes. really really fast on the agent side, right? Yes. And sometimes when you do that, things break, right? It's just like things break. So I'm curious along the way, have you hit any walls? Have you have things broken for you? Have you like you're like oh shoot, any lessons learned? right during this process or you're like no it's all been good we've been good right i'm curious it's no it's um well real estate's a really interesting thing it's like when you take that when you take a step back and you like pull yourself out of the grind you're like everything's good like i'm choosing to live this life i get to decide my day every day um but when you suck yourself into the weeds i call it you know ground or air game versus ground game Mm -hmm. so when you're like in the trenches you're like this is terrible why does anyone do this? Because it's, it's frustrating too, because of course you want everyone to be happy. You want every deal to go perfectly as you know you envisioned it. And that's just not the way that the world works. It's not the way that real estate works. And and as much as you do have systems and you do have checklists and um, it's, it's constantly an adjustment. And this is a lesson that I recently learned hard is that I got, I got a little burnt out for a little bit because I was like, I work so hard, my team, my team is amazing, they really are, so hard to build this business and we we want it to be like, we're done. We've built it, it's here. I recently realized that that's not ever a thing because every single day is an adjustment. The people yeah. change, the society changes, technology changes, and it's like the minute that you accept that you're never actually done and you actually enjoy the journey and realize that you are choosing to play a part in an opportunity to build a community and to build an organization that can impact people and change the trajectory of their lives. Like that mental switch was everything for me. And Okay. Um, again, profound, right? It took me a decade to, to figure that one out, right? Um, and it's so true. What, what, either did you, did you have the epiphany or did somebody give you the epiphany? Um, it was myself and actually Jordan Peterson. <laughs> Do you listen to Jordan Peterson? Do you know I who don't. that is? Mm-hmm. He, uh, so he's, he's a clinical psychologist actually, and he's written a couple books and it's just absolutely fascinating to listen to. Okay. And when I have my moments of like, I just listen and I, I always pick up something where I'm like, that's completely applicable and that's true. And he has cut my learning curve down uh, significantly for life. <laughs> well, I'm, I'll, he has a podcast. I'll have to go in. I'll listen to him or his YouTube channel, Jordan Peterson. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a Jordan Peterson wrestler who's just a total badass. So that's who came to mind for me, mm-hmm. right? Not um, quite, but. <laughs> okay. okay. So yeah, it's the journey. It never ends. Technology yep. changes, ads change, the way marketing happens changes, everything changes. So it's this mm-hmm. constant never ending improvement, this incremental turning of the dials. That's why I said, you know, you're constantly turning the dials, right? And it exactly. is about building community, which is what grid is all about, building community and yeah. being surrounded by like-minded people and constantly learning from, from everybody. So if I was to ask you this question, what, what is your business model look like, right? Um, for the next 10 years, right? And I know that, you know, maybe you, maybe you have it, maybe you don't have it, right? But there is this, I'm on this journey and this mm-hmm. is the destination that we're going on, right? 
Do you know what that looks like for you at this point? I'm trying to grab my notebooks. This sure. is actually what I've been thinking about a lot. Okay. Let me see. So, and it's hard. Do you mean like for real estate? So what I've realized recently that it's, it's not all about, it's not all it's about real estate. It's, right. It's exactly. And so it's like, and I, it's funny you call it buckets. I called it tears in my brain yeah. when I was going through this the other day. Cause it's like my smallest level of impact and family and my direct connections, my relationships that I have and building and fulfilling and growing all of those. And then the next level would be this, which is this level. I think it's, it's like a mid-level community where you are. So I'm all about the community that we have on our team. It's, I'm huge on culture. It's like my biggest freaking thing, but also our impact on like the cities that we live in. Cause we do pints and properties, real estate investors meet up where we have people come and it's just nice to see their eyes light up and their lives change a little bit. Uh, so there's like that level. And then eventually I'm still trying to figure it out, but we got to change the world somehow, you know? Well, you're changing the world already, right? You are. You know, uh, doing these things affects, there's this trickle effect that happens, right? Somebody learns something, it changes somebody's trajectory when they hear something. You know, I know I was reading through a, 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 a blog post that you had written. You were like, listen, bigger pockets changed my life, right? Like what you learn there, the people that poured into you. Um, I like to think that you've done that for other people. I know that we've done that for other people, right? And so, the trickle effect of that is just amazing, right? The positive right. leap. So, yes. um, yeah, I, I I think of them as like, you know, you have these different buckets, right? You've got this family bucket, this health bucket, this spirituality bucket, this, there's all these things that we want to make sure that we are, you know, it, it completes the full person, right? Totally. And, you know, when I was on your Instagram, I'm like, this girl loves to work out, right? She's about working <laughs> out. She's got a whole other tribe of, of, crossfitters right and working out and all the rest i saw you doing backflips and you know doing a back <laughs> you know uh into the pool so it's very cool so why don't we go there real fast right sure what do you love to do uh i do love crossfit um but it's not even crossfit it's like more of it extends farther than that because i like to see what my body is capable of mm. um and i i've liked to change my mindset on my body about like Food was weird at one point in my life where I wasn't exactly happy with, and it was really just college because I was drinking every freaking night and eating at like 2 a.m. like pizza. So, <laughs> so I went through that whole phase and then I kind of shifted of like, what makes me happy is being able to test what I'm capable of in, in all ways. So I like to be able to climb a mountain. I love skiing. I like to, you know, swim and test whatever physical limits I have. And I can't do that unless I can move my body. I like, I like the fact that I can climb a fence if I need to, or hop over a whatever, or run faster than that bear that's chasing me. And with that, my mindset shifted on food too. So like, I love food as much as the next person, but like, ultimately it's fuel. So like, why would I not give myself the the food that in drinking and all that stuff that makes me feel the best physically and makes my mind work faster. Like I, one of my favorite things is being like on it. I love yeah. to like be three steps ahead. I love to have thought about it all through and like, it sounds bad, but like mind games too, like it, not games, but like being able to craft my message in a way that resonates, even if it's not like what the person wants to hear, if you deliver it in a way that you've thought through and 
and makes sure that they're not ever defensive, like setting all the little stage for that. And I can't do that if my brain is slow, which means that I can't eat shit, which means that I need to go to sleep. (laughs) You know, it's the whole, it's the whole thing. Yeah. You know, the funny (laughs) thing for me was, as I got older, um, alcohol started to affect, like I would have, I, I could, I can now have a little bit of alcohol and I could feel it the next day and I don't like yeah. that. I just stopped. Right. I was just like, because I like feeling like, I yes. know, you know, when you know how a good, uh, your body should feel at an optimal yes. level and yes. everything else, whether it's, you know, the type of food or drink or whatever, everything else, like, I just don't want it because I'm like, I don't want to feel yep. sluggish the next day or tired the next day. I like, I am. so it's interesting. And food will do that to me as well. But yes. but alcohol, especially like I'll have a sip and everybody knows the big joke in my office. Like I'll feel it. <laughs> I'll feel it. The yeah. next day. And I'm like, oh, not worth it. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my things that in my notebooks is like, one of my goals is peak performance. And I know that you can't stay at your peak state all the time. Like it's impossible to always be at your peak, but like I would like for myself physically and mentally to feel as good as possible for as many days as possible each year. And that's, it is one of my goals. So what is your, so let me ask you, what does your schedule then look like, right? How, how have you organized, okay. <laughs> how have you organized your life? Yeah, I am. I'm very structured. Um, are you familiar at all with the MBTI, like the Myers-Briggs assessment? I know you've heard this. Yep. Yep. So I'm, a, I'm an ENTJ, if you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, every, like I live by my calendar and I go to sleep in bed by eight 30. I know it's crazy, but I'm up by four 30, four or four 30. And my morning set the stage for my entire day. Like that time that I have for controlled self-development time for myself and my brain that's where like the magic happens. That's where not only I learn. So I do like self-development stuff. I I love learning. I really do. Um, but also I clear, it's like a reset, get rid of the bullshit, all the superficial gone priorities locked in. And then also thinking that's something that I feel like most people don't do. And I think it's one of the reasons why I've been able to expedite my progress, like progress more than anything is because I take the time to do nothing except for think. I'm like, okay, truly, where are the biggest problems in my business? Like, what are the things that I could do that would expedite success more than anything? And then I I do those things. <laughs> and most people just wake up and they react. They react, they react, they react, and then they're exhausted and the entire day is gone. And they're like, where did it go? And I'm like, well, you chose to live that life. You know, yeah. you chose to be being proactive is where it's all about and cutting the fat. Before 30, to mm-hmm. five thirty, thinking time or workout time? No, for it's thinking. So it's anywhere from four to four thirty, depending on how I'm feeling. Um, until I leave for the gym at like five fifty four. It starts at six. I do this other thing too, where I don't commute. Like I live exactly where I want to live for my entire world, and so it takes me five minutes to get to the gym, and then from six to seven, it's the gym, and I come back and shower, and usually jump right in. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready by that time. <laughs> okay. And then are you having a team meeting early in the morning or what, what, uh, what does the, rhythm of the day look like for you? It depends. So on Monday and Thursday, we do team syncs and that is 
on Monday, it's super quick. Like I'm all about efficiency. I hate when thing when people talk and I'm like, you're not, you're saying nothing that matters. So <laughs> I don't waste people's time in my team sync either. It's literally five minutes. I'm like, hey, this is what's going on this week. These are the things that we need to do better. Usually it's stuff that we messed up recently. And I'm like, change the system, whatever. And then I'll hit on numbers and um, that's Monday. And on Thursday, we do the exact same thing, but then we do a training. And it's blocked from nine to 10 on Thursdays because we train on something every every week. Okay. And usually a nugget. I like to give them a nugget because I, what I've learned is as much as I say, you guys should read, they don't. Sure. <laughs> and so I'll pull out whatever I like that's inspiring me at the moment. I'm like, here's your nugget. Do it. <laughs> I know it's funny when you were just to go back. I meant to say this, like when you were saying, like I love to see how my body reacts and how I can push it. I was thinking Tim Ferriss, right? Like here's a guy that measures yeah. everything, how much liquid he puts in his body, and how like the, every single carb and every cow. And I mean, he's the extreme of that, yeah. right? Yeah. So I heard a little I'm not, bit. I'm not that. Okay. 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 I, I'm not that extreme. With, with... <laughs> he's the extreme. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> that's, too far. that's too far, right? Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so where where is your thinking time now around investments? Because obviously you've built this, you're building this, what I, you call active income, and I, I call it like it's the earned income side, right? So mm -hmm. the earned income side is is our job, like we're doing this, we're building, you know, creating income as agents. And then the, the, the goal, at least in my mind, is you take this earned income and you're and you're buying assets. You're investing in people. You're investing in assets. You're investing in other yeah. things. So, um, where are you creating that space? And like, when when do you start doing the investment piece, or is it always just kind of mixed in the day, right? It's it's so I do time block for it. Like actually today, all day I've been going through a lot of stuff with properties and um, finances and all of that. I, I time block for it, but it, it kind of, it kind of rotates. So it's not like on Monday, I think about five pillars on Tuesday. I think about whatever it's like, whatever is the greatest need at the time rises to the top. And that's where I focus. Um, but for investments right now, actually this first quarter has been like, my focus has been to settle. Like we have real estate, you know, we have renovation projects that are still ongoing. There's like a lot of things that I just want to tie up before. Cause I never want to be that. I, I love pushing every limit. Don't get me wrong, but I never want to be that one who is stupid about it. So like, I'm really big on calculated risk and right now I need to settle. And also the other thing is deals are scarce right now. Yeah, hard. And, <laughs> and so I don't want to just buy, just to buy. Like, sure. so I'm, 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 Somebody, yeah, I'm being, oh, in my mind, hopefully. Well, you know, <laughs> well, here's the truth, right? You're how old are you? Did you say? You're thirty. Thirty. Yeah. Right. Thirty. You haven't been kicked in the face by a real estate crash, right? Right. right? And but so the fact that you're already thinking this is means that you're not going to be. Does that make sense? You're going to be able to to, to pivot quickly. The, the only place that you can get in trouble is when you're carrying some of these assets over a six month to a two year time frame, if you're doing development work, yeah, and that's where it becomes an issue or you've just got massive negative cash flow on some of the assets that you have, which doesn't sound like that's the case. Right. So, right. you know, um, so the fact is you're thinking this already, it sounds like you're, you're selling some of the reno assets. Are you selling rentals as well? Um, no, I actually haven't sold any rentals. We had some flips that, um, they actually all just closed now, so that's good. good. But the, the, I mean, they're Burr projects. Like the nine unit is a big giant renovation project that's still ongoing that we're wrapping up. But it is, it is good. Like 
over time, of course, you learn the things that you like, you learn the things that you don't like, and you plug in people where need be to like pull yourself out of the things that cause stress and anxiety in your life. And one of the best things was freaking this, uh, she's actually my listing coordinator for my Fayetteville office. And she's like, I want, you know, additional opportunities, whatever. And I was like, perfect project management. This girl is all over these contractors for the listings. Please manage my renovate. So uh, anyway, I don't think that that was actually relevant to anything. Uh, no, 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 no. But, but meaning like you, you've, you like more, you you're already thinking, hey, it's hard to get a deal right now. Yeah. Making sure I'm getting my projects done. I want to be smart. I don't want right. to over, over leverage, over stretch. All yep. great. Right. And the biggest regret that I normally hear from investors, and it sounds like you're not going to make this, and you're only 30, so I'm going to pass this along to you. And I think you already have it because I'll interview a lot of investors. I've interviewed a lot of investors through the years. It's like, I wish I'd kept more of the assets that I purchased. Right. Sometimes yeah. people feel like they, right now, they're timing the market. They're like, listen, I'm going to sell this stuff because I'm going to take all this money off the table. Right. And then they look back. 15 or 20 years later, and they're like, damn, I wish I hadn't sold those assets, right? right. Like, yeah. because even though I made money now, like I know that my wife and I sold a bunch of stuff in 2004, 2005, knowing that there was going to be a correction. And I thought I was brilliant when there was. And then I yeah. realized, and today I wake up and say, I wish I still own those properties. Yeah. We're above the, where the prices were, and those assets would have been paid off. Right. right. And yeah. I would. And I should have found another way to make additional active earned income, right? Instead of taking the money off the table, which is why I, I like feel. this model, by the way, of <laughs> active income, agent mm -hmm. active income, and investment income. It's such a great blend, right? 30, 60, 90, and yeah. long wealth building. So you mentioned something, and I, I don't want to skip over it. And I'll, you know, it sounds like you're consulting people on how to, consulting with people on how to do this, right? Is that right? Um, agents specifically, we're actually just about to start, uh, and I wish I can talk about it in a second, but our, so our consulting program that we have now is geared towards agents and it, all of it is just because we get asked the same thing over and over again yep. <laughs> is, um, there's agents who want to learn how to work with investors and, or how to build a model like ours, where we have, we churn investor clients. It's not just one. It's like we have a process of onboarding, screening, making sure that they're trained up. So that way that the investor has the ownership of their own, you know what I mean? Like it's a process. So that's one of the consulting businesses. And then the other one is how to build a team. So because our team, granted, we've only been around since 2019. Like it's, I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of it. The way that it's structured um, and the way that we onboard people and the way that we hold accountability and mentorship and all of that stuff. And so we've had people saying, being like, I want to learn how you've done it. And it's it actually is really refreshing because it's cool that you, here's all of our, we give them everything. And that's sure. the cool thing. It's, it's not just like this hypothetical, like, this is how you create a team. It's like, no, here's your checklist. Here is the... Uh, you know, step-by-step -step milestones from contract to close. Here is exactly every canned email that we have that we send to, to client. Like it's everything. It's like everything. Yeah. 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 I get it. I get it. Yeah. We've, we've created all that back end. We call it zone, right? We, yeah. we have a whole zone selling system around it. Okay. Well that's, and it's interesting because we have a division that only works with investor builders as well. It's, you know, we call it, we have a ZTL a zone team leader who that's their only focus and she's got a team of four and they just work with our builder developer investor clients because it's a whole different language. Yeah. The, the avatar, yes. the, the person has to have a passion around that. 
you know, they, they need to be wired that way. I was wired right. that way, but yeah. lots of agents that are not wired that way. And that's okay. Totally. There's really good, what we call hyper-local geographic business, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we teach agents how to zone hyper-local geographic businesses like that. And then, you know, I have a ZTL for all the investment stuff, right? So we'll definitely have to collaborate a little bit on that. For sure. Very similar things, right? Um, well, a la- couple last questions, right? Number sure. one. What advice would you give anybody on this real estate entrepreneur journey? I love using entrepreneur, real estate entrepreneur because it gives you the ability to be both agent investor. When I say that, really? yeah. investor, right? So somebody wants to do this and somebody wants to uh, be you, right? Start like you. What advice would you give them, right? On the investment side. This would be the same on both sides, actually. Okay. okay. It's And it's our number one value. It's um, ownership. It truly is. I think every single thing goes back to ownership. You are the reason that things happen or fail to happen. There is absolutely no time where you can say, well, the attorney didn't do this. The answer would be like, when did you check in? How many times did you call them? Did you make sure it was on track? Like, and that's something people don't realize. And even my new agents starting out, they're like, well, I have a couple clients and you know, we might be, I'm like, what have you done to try to solve their problem? First of all, what is their problem? And did you solve it? Because it's all, it's not, it's nothing about them. It's all on you, every single thing. So ownership. Ownership. Cool. <laughs> Actually, so what are your, all your core values? Yeah, sure. Uh, so extreme ownership. Uh, and they're, they're so it's like the title and then they're broken down within, but I'll just skip the titles. Okay. But extreme ownership, problem solvers, trustworthy and growth mindset. Those are our four core values. So it's very, very similar to ours. We, we, in our, we call it forward, right? And in forward, O is own it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the A in forward is always be learning, right? <laughs> yeah. So we've got some of the similar, because to me, it's all about, you got to own it. You've always got to be, you know, you've always got to be learning or you're going to be dying, right? And we're, okay. we're very good at creating raving fans. So we've got raving fans and results matter and do the right thing. Yeah different things family first right so Love it. yeah very cool very cool <laughs> so own it on both of it it sounds like i read on your blog and i was like yeah i love it uh you were like listen you have to put in the hard work you've got to listen to the podcast you have yeah. to read you have to, to attend the, the the investment group you need to make the offer you need right it's like that's the extreme ownership right mm-hmm. that that people don't realize is required in order yeah. to make it happen, right? And when I read it, when I read those words for me, I was like, oh yeah, she gets it. Like this is <laughs> this is it, right? Like I think of the extreme ownership my wife and I had when we started this business, just crazy extreme. Have to. You know, yeah. This is like if it's if it's if it, you know, Gary Keller said, I love this. He said, uh, you know, he used to say to himself, if it's going to be, it's up to me. And then he said, there's too much doubt in that. Right. And he changed it. And he said, if it's going to be, it will be me. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, right. That, that is like, that is like strong. So true. Right. So true. It it's just like, it's just, you can't move me. I'm going to do it. Right. Like I'm going to do it. Yes. I'm a, Un, unmovable object or however you refer, you know, he kind of refers to it. So, okay. Well, where can people find you? Right. 
Yeah. Uh, Find it. Instagram or Facebook. I'm real estate with Shelby Osborne. And then my team is Five Pillars Realty Group. We're on Instagram, Facebook, or fivepillarsrealty.com. Any of those would be good starts. <laughs> awesome. So any referrals down to Charlotte, right? Fayetteville, North Carolina. That's right. Okay. Awesome. Anything else you'd l- want us to know? Anything, any question that I didn't ask you that you're like, Rob, hey, I'd really want people to know about this, right? No. No, nope. I'm good. You have a dog. <laughs> I talk so much. Single partner. Like nope. 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 Yeah. Nope. <laughs> everything is everything is your building. You're building your baby is the business. Your That's team. right. Okay. Yes. And they are. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you being part of Grid Talk. I know I got a lot out of it. And uh, and I'm glad that we made a connection. So Same. thank you so much for having me. It was, it was really fun. Thanks. Awesome. Yep. <laughs>